0: What's up, everybody? I'm Steve Klein. I'm a producer, mixer, songwriter, and new label owner. And I'm here to tell you that your childhood was trash if you did not listen to Blink-182.
1: Welcome to Your Childhood Was Trash, the podcast where we explore the pop culture touchstones that shape our guest's childhoods. From movies and TV shows to video games and toys, we'll cover it all. My name's Mike, and I'm here with my co-host, Nick. And in every episode, we're joined by a special guest who shares their favorite childhood coffee with us and discusses how it influenced their life. All right, Steve, take me back to a fresh face, Steve Klein, when you're, what, 11, 12, and you first heard Blink?
0: Damn, that made me feel old by saying
2: 11, 12.
1: <laughs> no, it was more like
0: high school. I was,
2: like, the same age, man. Yeah, how, <laughs> I, I was in high
0: school. I was around 16 years old, uh, okay. getting into Blink. And how I originally found out about Blink is um, – so this girl moved into the same town i was in Coral springs florida going to stoneman douglas high school there wasn't that many punk kids at my school like i was i knew all the punk kids you know um she moved from san diego to my town she became friends with a couple of the same friends we had made acquaintances we went over her house to hang out she plays us this she has this tape and she plays it she's like oh i i know uh She's like, I know this band. They played my older sister's party, like birthday party. They're called Blink. Here's the Buddha Blink, the Blink tape. And like, I heard that. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, what the hell is this? This is I want to know everything about this. Like, tell me everything you know about this band because they were sick. Of, I was getting first getting into punk at the time. Um, I think right after that, I heard the Punk Sucks comp. And I think that was what Eminem's was on that. So that I even like got me into them, hyped up even more. But just her like, you know coming in you know moving into my same town knowing about the band being friends with them and then showing me that tape kind of just started at all um so yeah that kind of led me into like the start of blank by being introduced by like someone connected to them so nice
1: yeah so you're saying i'm, I'm making me feel old by saying 10 or 11 but you just said <laughs> she gave you a, a fucking tape like yeah <laughs> no true yes yeah, you know it was Tape's
2: like, that long ago bro
0: <laughs> yeah
1: i would check your calendar
0: no, for me in middle school, like taste was how I I, I would get like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg because I would like they would be uh, played on the radio and have to press record and then have the tape sure. you know I couldn't yeah. I couldn't buy the dirty version you know it's the only way that yeah. like, get all the rap songs um, at the time yeah, I remember so, doing I mean, that
1: for um Snow's Informer <laughs> I yeah, sat there yeah, yeah I for hours waiting you had to come on the radio and just yeah, yeah. just so yeah you can try and learn learn the lyrics and sing it back and that was another failure <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um that you know that started off my being a fan of blink and i would always ask her questions and i would always like be curious about it and she'd just be like oh my older sister knows them like they played her birthday party and yada 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 and then eventually like blink was coming around on tour you know and um i'm they were on tour with that band on written law and she told us like we're gonna go to the show early and like hang out like whatever and like Okay, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's whatever. Let's go hang out at the show and meet Blink. Like, let's see if we really are telling the truth or not. I knew she was telling the truth because I'm, I'm pretty sure like she called, she like got her sister to call Tom in the background and we were, like listening to make sure, you know, she was not like, just like <laughs> making this whole thing up. So anyway, yeah. we're hanging out, we're hanging out. Like, you know, they just got finished sound checking and we're like hanging out in a circle. And um, I'm trying, it's, it's so hard to remember all these stories because they're so long ago. But she brings us, she brings us backstage and she, you know, she obviously knows them. She's like saying hi to them. And we're just like, how do you know these people? This is so insane, you know? Um, and that, and that, you know, that started, we were fans back then. We just like loved Blink and we saw them that night and that, it was insane. Like it was like the start of like me being, I guess, quote unquote, a super fan, you know, of the band. Yeah. It was like this, it, it became like being a fan of the band, but then also like being able to kind of like know someone that's friends with them like kind of like got me even closer to it. You know, it's kind of crazy. Yeah.
2: So, there's yeah, always I something. Connection. I was going to say, there's something about that. It was like, I'm friends with the band and it's like, no, you're not. And then they really are. And you're like, oh, shit, this is actually kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, because yeah. Because a lot like, of people can say I there's... know them,
0: but like it's like the seven degrees of, of Kevin Bacon. Like I know somebody yeah. who knows them, who knows them, blah blah blah.
2: Right, yeah. which <laughs> is why you're like, do you really know them? Does your yeah. sister like? Sure, <laughs> let's let's actually prove it, yeah. <laughs> right? And then they were like, here you go, and you're like, oh shit, they proved it. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that
0: kind of that kind of started off the fandom, and then like later on, I started you know my old band, and then I was going to Warp Tour. And someone else in my old band gave Tom stickers and I'm in the crowd singing along and I'm like reaching up and I reach up and grab one of my band stickers. And I'm like, oh my God, I got, like he threw him out to the crowd. I'm like in the crowd rocking out to blink and I caught one of my own band stickers that he he threw out. You know, so That's like, that was, like, like, there was like a constant, like, you know, build to this whole situation. So, you know, I, I like start my career being in a band and we're on tour uh, in a van. And um, we had one cell phone at the time. Like, this is how, like, long ago this was. In a van, one cell phone. We would make phone calls to home from pay phones and stuff like that. And uh, we get a call and it's, you know, I answer the phone and it's, it's Mark Hoppus. Like, or, I, someone's saying they're Mark Hoppus. Like, hey, this is Mark and, like, Mark Hoppus. And I'm just calling. Is this, you know, blah, blah, blah? you know? Like, and I'm like, yeah, like is this like a joke? And I like hung up the phone because I thought it was like one of our friends pranking us. Like, hey, this is Mark Hoppus. Like doing that low voice. Like, hey, this is Mark Hoppus. Like anybody can do that, you know? (laughs) Anyway, he calls back and I like hand the phone back to one of the other band members and they're like talking and they're giving me the eye. Like, this is really Mark. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, (laughs) uh, and he's basically saying on the phone that he's super into our band and like he wants to come to our show in San Diego and like yada, yada, yada. And we're like freaking out. Like, we're just, you know, it's, like,
2: yeah.
0: a band that we all really super looked up to, and he's, like, telling us he loves our band. It was really, it was
1: super surreal, you know? That sounds so awesome.
2: cool. Uh, yeah. Um,
1: I'm jealous. Now, now, before we get too far into most of that, were you playing guitar before you discovered them, or did they have any influence on that?
0: So, I would say that Green Day had a bigger influence on me on playing guitar, per se, um, because... Okay. I was kind of a jock growing up. I was super into sports, playing baseball and football and basketball and stuff. And I ended up breaking my ankle um, playing basketball on the same night that I had tickets for No Effects, go figure, the first time I was ever ever gonna go see No Effects at the Chili Pepper down in Fort Lauderdale. But either way, during that period of me breaking my ankle is when I actually first like picked up the guitar and started playing the guitar. So it kind of like changed my whole trajectory of life. Like I was a jock and then super into sports. And then I got into punk. You know? Um, yeah. I, I got I picked up guitar, the first song I ever heard to play was Welcome to Paradise by Green Day, you know? Nice. So yeah. Um and then back then I was getting all my I was trying to find as much information that I could. I know I don't know if you guys remember, but remember like BMG back in the day? Oh where you yeah. like get all those CDs, like the 10 CDs and stuff. Like yeah. that's where I got like For Radiohead Creep. And, yeah, yeah. I got like Radiohead Creep, like Nirvana, Green Day. You know, it was like in ninety-three, ninety four era where all that, you know. Soundgarden and like you know all that stuff was coming out so i was like eating up everything getting into music then so yeah you know that's awesome yeah i think blink it wasn't one of those ones where like i want to learn how to play eminems you know i want to learn how to play <laughs> blink songs you know it wasn't that i was more like i just loved it i thought that were super fun you know yeah um and i think that m riff was super hard to play i could never like get it right so fuck this i can
2: play the greatest whatever green you song. got out of it is it's... probably way better than whatever i can pull off because i am <laughs> i am not yeah. musically inclined in any way shape or form
1: it was <clears> um <throat> uh, your old band was actually the reason why i started playing music um i don't know would do do you care if i say the song at least no i don't care <laughs> uh all right it was i'm a, I'm a bass player like that's like like I always told people, I'm a bass player. I'm not a failed guitarist because how many right. people do you know that that become bass players because they fail guitarists? Uh, but um, sincerely, me, cool was I mean, like that. That bass riff is what like sold me on it, and I got my first um, tax return I think ever, and I went down to the music mall, which was the local place, and I bought a little uh, uh a Yamaha and a combo amp, and then just went. Did crazy you learn? From how to, there. Was
0: that the first song you learned how to play, or? Or was it MXBX?
2: Yeah. Uh, no. no, no like, was... do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I was gonna say, <laughs> no. yeah, if you pick something easier, no. It's like a I, of the United States of America song. There's like two chords in their entire album. <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I, I did learn AFI's "Miss Murder" because it was pissing me off. I was playing it on Rock Band on expert, and I couldn't five star it. So I'm like, fuck this. I'm gonna play the real thing, and there I learned go. that that like pretty quick. Um, but yeah, that was that. That's what got me into it. So uh you know your your feels with green day i, I totally can uh can relate to that
0: cool the fact about that sincerely me song is that that riff that started the song off it started off as a guitar riff but then we changed it to bass oh shit. so usually you start, it started off picture it as like a guitar lead kind of doo-doo but then you know, yeah you get the bass. i'm glad we still, i'm glad we uh kept it that way yeah or else you or else you would never have been a bass player who knows yeah,
1: right. <laughs> but yeah, that that, that that always that struck me and then like I got like super into like tone and stuff, bass tone after that. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. Bass playing's fun. It's uh it's a lot more chill than playing guitar, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just I, I enjoy it better. It, like I said, I'm not a failed guitarist. <laughs> you know, I picked up a guitar after I learned bass and uh, I just yeah. It, like I said, a lot it's more chill. I have more I am Oh, what? You could, you no, could, I'm a failed bassist. No, <laughs> no, because I, I never, I never swung, in, swung in the guitar. I just, I still, you know, guitar was like, I get an acoustic, so I'll dick around with that. But like when I was in bands and stuff, I always marketed myself as a bass player because that's what I wanted to be. Um, mm-hmm. Not like I'm, I'm a, I was ever shit with uh, music, but <laughs> yeah, you, you, uh, got, you got your bass
0: rig behind you, so you, we know that you're pretty good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. Yeah, it's that, not that's, bad. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like that's one thing I loved about it is the simplicity. Not not necessarily simplicity, because as you know, you can do some pretty complex bass riffs, um, and I like doing that. But I also like. I feel like I, I was able to have more fun on stage as a bass player because uh, <laughs> you know I got a wireless set up and I jump around like a fucking idiot on stage and and jump in the crowd and and have fun and it's a lot easier, in my opinion, to hold those notes and stuff as opposed to, you know, fretting a guitar. Did you learn how to
0: play the carousel bass riff?
1: You know, the Cheshire Cat yes. carousel song. Yeah.
0: That, uh, was, that yeah. was pretty tough. Yeah. That one's fun. Yeah.
1: Except I, except just the intro. Cause I never went of into it. Of course, like that's the, the best part. The power chords, the power yeah. chords that Mark does. I just, I, I never went into that. Um, even that one's a pain in the ass. Yes, what, he sits down like. <laughs> he <laughs> does. Yeah. He like sits on like his knee. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> yeah, I did learn See, that. He's he's um,
0: perfectly he's proof enough that you can be an okay bass player and still be in a killer band, you know. Yeah, but he's he's no, he's amazing. I'm kidding.
1: I was gonna say you they,
0: think they he's would over, like, they would the stuff... They would say that they suck at their instruments, but they're they're really good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's
2: been their like that's been like their catchphrase is like I no, we we don't suck. know how we got here. Yeah, we, we don't suck. know what we're yeah. doing.
0: Blah blah blah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, what's the high score? I don't know what that is. You know. Did I just get the high yeah. score? It's kind of like saying that, you know, I think the main difference between um, like green days playing and blinks playing is I think Billy Joe is actually a crazy, crazy guitar player, but he just holds it back for green day. Like he can solo the, cr- like insane. Like he, he's a really, really good guitar player. But when you like listen to green day songs, they're amazing. They're actually really, you know, it's really good guitar playing, but you can tell that he holds back because on the earlier gu- a green day stuff, there was a lot of solos and a lot of like stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, I
1: don't know yeah that's just my point so yeah i mean I, I think that's a testament too to like a good band is they know when to keep it reserved because right yeah you can go completely crazy and then you're just you're doing prog metal you know or whatever yeah, yeah, sure. at, at that point but you know the, the ability to keep it reserved and you know sometimes the you know the sweetness is jimmy world but uh the sweetness <laughs> is you know in that in that pocket right like that's sure. And that's what the good you know good bands know how to do like yeah, I can yeah, do like a crazy drum bill here, but no, like you know simple little
2: you don't have to thing.
1: yeah you don't, you have, don't to. have
2: to I think yeah. that's
0: where that's where for me it's like I was, when I went to high school there were tons of people who can like slay on guitar they can do they're like solo for hours and hours and hours, but they can never like write a complete song or play in a band because they just couldn't like tone it down to like write a, you know, write a complete song without overdoing it. And I think that yeah. was a lot of the problem with, you could be amazing at guitar, but you got to have to be able to write a song too. You know, and you got to yeah. be
2: able to be part of a group, right? Yeah. Like, like
0: you can you shred, just,
2: but yeah. <laughs> Tone it, it down. I, it is, you know, I'm not a band player. I'm not a musician. Uh, I've never been in a band. I definitely set up a bunch of band equipment for a bunch of my friends. Uh, so, but, and that was, it is like, but I played sports like you did. So you, you can have, like, the best player in the te- in the league, but if he's not playing as a p- part of the team, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah, it's true. Right? That's, mm-hmm. that's how I can relate to this stuff mm-hmm. is sports. But When
0: Mark called the cell phone, he was like, yeah, I'm going to come to your San Diego show. And that, that was the last thing he said, like, when he hung up. So the whole time leading up to that show, we were all freaking out. Like, oh, my God. Like, Mark Hoppus is going to come see the show. Like, it's going to be crazy. So that weird. morning, yeah, that morning he called the cell phone. He's like, uh, you know, I'm going to come by and i take a I take a few of you guys to lunch. And we're like, sure, great. it's awesome. So he picks us up in his BMW and like we get in the car and he just starts talking like over some music, like listening to the get up kids and like shooting the shit, like playing Jimmy world. And like he like turns back to me and he's like, oh, guess what's next to my CD? And like press he presses play. And it's like my band I'm like freaking out that this like Mark Hoppins is driving around in his car, just like listening to my band. <laughs> just the whole thought of that's insane. So we're that's driving cool. and I'm thinking in my head, like, where are we going? Like, where, where are we going? I'm like, I kept being like, where's this guy taking us right now? He could like be like, you know, gonna kill us. And like, no one ever hear of <laughs> us again, you know? But uh, anyway, he pulls into um, like a shopping center and I go, dude, are you serious? You're not, are you for real? Are you taking us to Sombrero right now for lunch? That is not real. Yes. that And he goes, yeah, it's fucking real. Like, we're going to Sombrero. So Mark Hoppus picked us up, took Just us because. to launch at fucking Sombrero. Like, how insane is that? That is not a fucking dream. That's something that actually <laughs> was, happened to me.
2: Was like, so awesome. Right?
0: So he's like, you know, I'm a super big fan of your band. Like, I, I believe in you guys. Um, I want to take you on tour. You know, I want you to meet our manager, Rick DeVoe. He's willing to fly up to Sacramento tomorrow to see your show, you know, like in a couple days, I don't know if it was the next day or the two days after, like we're playing Sacramento. And, uh, and we're like, yes, all of that sounds great. You know, Um, he didn't up he ended up watching us play cause he like, you know, has better things to do, but he definitely, you know, he, he brought us back and just like, it was the coolest thing ever, you know? And then two days later, Rick DeVoe flew up to see our band and watch the show and had a meeting with us and said, Hey, you know, Blank wants to take you on tour. I want to manage you guys. And, we're leaving on tour in a couple months, you know, what's up? So it kind of just all started from that, you know, it
2: that's all insane. started from
0: that. Yeah. It was kind of insane.
2: So that's that how it insane. all began. Yeah. I'm still waiting for my Mark, my phone call from Mark. Oh, <laughs> fingers <laughs> crossed guys. Like yeah. Maybe Mark, if you hear this, I'll take your phone call.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, we yeah, won't hang was, up on you. <laughs> it
0: was, it was crazy. You know, it was very surreal. It was definitely something that, for me, when I, you know, when I started a band, I, I like, I was going to local shows. Like there was a thing called uh chaos and it was just like local bands, like playing shows. And uh, I would go every weekend on Friday, they would have shows when I was in high school and I would see bands. And that's like, when I wanted to be in a band, like, that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to play locally and just like be in a band and like, didn't really have any like thoughts of like, Oh, I want to be in this like band that's like successful or be on MTV or be on the radio or anything like that. So like moments, like, that that happened to me i it was kind of like even more surreal because i would never expect to be in that kind of situation and from then on that moment on it kind of led us on a a path of like doing tons of surreal dreamlike things like being on trl and like having our video on mtv and being on k-rock and touring with blink with the fuck sign behind them every night, you know? And <laughs> yeah. getting it getting to hang out with them and, and meet them as people, like personally. Work tour. You know? Yeah. Let's well I saw that Yeah, <laughs> So Let's I saw them at work tour uh. before I even tour with I saw them at work tour before I even tour with them. And just because you brought that up. And what was funny about that is like in West Palm Beach when you play Work Tour, they tell you you can't curse. You know, like you can't, you know, we charge we'll charge you a fine if you curse and yada yada because we have like a city ordinance and shit. And I remember, like, Eminem, like, going on – he only played one song because he, like – when I was like, oh, they told me I can't curse, fuck this shit, and just started playing, like, you know, doing his songs, and, he, and like, they kicked him off. And, like, I remember Blink <laughs> was trying to, like – they were trying to, you know, to make them not curse, but they cursed anyway. So it's kind of crazy. But anyway, that's another sad story. <laughs>
1: nice. So, um, yeah. You're, you're beaming about that, but what about, like, meeting Rachel Lee Cook or, or uh, Troma? Trauma Studios, like,
2: come yeah, on. I mean, like, that stuff's pretty stuff badass. Cool.
0: That stuff was cool. I mean, it was kind of interesting how that all that stuff happened. Like, you know, another person in our band kind of manifested it all, and I don't know how it all happened. She liked our band, it just so happened. And, and we met her, and she was nice. Like, I didn't, you know, it wasn't one of those moments for me, I guess. Like, you know, I wasn't, like, a super fan of her. So I wasn't like, oh, my God, like, can I get your autograph, you know? For me, it was yeah. moments like that are, like, meaning my idols, like, you know, like I said, like meeting Mark and Tom and Travis and and Billy Joe from Green Day, the people that like kind of shaped my life met, sure. you know, me, like meeting those people were more important, I guess, than meeting quote unquote famous people that are, you know, so at least for me.
2: Oh, yeah. I get, I get that. Uh, all the, I, I completely understand that feeling. Uh, I've like <clears throat> meeting one of the, like, I've met a lot of famous people. I go to conventions all the time. I, most people most people don't phase me like i could i can walk up to people i can talk to them i can but there's a few people i've met in the past year actually i've been lucky enough to meet a few of them where i've kind of just it's it's a weird speechlessness you're like i i'm fine talking to other people but i don't know what to say to you right? Yeah, you, you I'm feel literally like nothing, handing them money for their, their signature on a piece of thing, and I still don't know what to say to them, right?
0: Yeah, you, <laughs> you feel like nothing that you can say would, imp- would impress them, or like, you know, they haven't heard it all before, you know? But I think um, you'd be surprised that, you know, people who are actually not narcissistic and appreciate where they are in the world, they appreciate every every person's appreciation towards them right or they should and they've been
2: really like and they've all like the people i've started with like they've been super cool but like it's just one of those things where it's like i've talked to so many people over the years for decades at this point and it's just kind of like to to find like I'll be honest. It was like I met Kevin Smith for the first time last year, and I've been like a massive fan of his since probably mm-hmm. about the same time I became a fan of Blake One Eighty Two. Like it's been forever. Oh yeah. And I've been like, man, I would love to meet him. And last year I got the chance, and I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> I, I obviously figured it out. Like I, it took a few seconds, but it was still like that whole like. My brain blipped like this is actually finally happening. And yeah. I'm pretty sure like I could probably it relates to the time where you met like I'll be honest, if Mark came up and was like, I want to pick you up in my BMW, I'd be like, Yes. Where are we going? <laughs>
0: Get pizza at the mall. Yeah. Uh it's definitely Fucking wild. Great, man. <laughs> but, like like for Green Day, I definitely it took me like, you know, six to eight weeks to like of getting to know Billy Joe before I like showed him my green I only have a couple of tattoos in Green Days. One of them I have like a kerplunk tattoo here i don't know if you can see it but i definitely didn't show i didn't show that to him like at all until (laughs) like we got close enough for me to geek out on him you know i definitely think there needs you know i don't want to like punish people right off the bat i want to like you know it's kind of hard with people like that you know (laughs) going from being like hey like i learned how to you know that's the first song i ever learned how to play guitar was one of his songs and now i'm touring with him it's kind of like it's kind of weird to like automatically do that the first day. You don't want to like come at them and be like, ah, yes. you scare know? them off. So okay. yeah, like it took me a while. And, yeah, it took me a while to kind of warm up. And uh, what he would do, which was really cool, is like uh, sometimes during the tour he would like buy out a bar, and it would completely close out, so the whole tour can just go there and hang out. And one That's of the awesome. nights, like me, you know, one of the nights it ended up we were all on a table, and everybody got up, and it was just me and him chilling, like drinking together and i ended up like confessing my love to him and being like oh my god like you know thank you so much it's like super surreal I think being I do here the same and, thing. yeah just like yeah. thank you so much for letting me be in your world for this and and and, and like like fucking giving my band a chance you know like you guys have shaped my for me to be here right now and talking to you is just like insane and i just appreciate everything and uh whatever and it just kind of you know it was cool like he was super receptive of it he didn't seem very like, you know, put off or he seemed really like, like appreciative of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't that move, you know, so it wasn't that vibe. So it was cool. That's and awesome. then like later on, like we gave his son band, his son's band, Swimmers, some shows. And, and then he came up to me when we were playing like Reading and Leeds Festival, like tapped on my shoulder, like, thanks for giving Swimmers shows. I'm like, what do you mean? Thank you. Of course. Like he was like wearing like a little San Diego Padres. I don't even recognize him. Cause I, I turned around. It's like top on the shoulder. And he's like super short. So like, I didn't see him at first. You know. <laughs> but yeah it's it's cool like uh to be on ground level with someone like that who you kind of hold in such high regard and there's such cool people there, and like you you you're like you know why they are so special and like they deserve to be that special and to be held that way like and but there's certain people that i met that you're like fuck those people those people suck like I, I i i feel you know i feel bad for anybody who idolizes them you know but yeah. then there's certain people who i meet they're like fuck yeah this guy I, I'm, I hope every everybody should idolize this person and and their their work ethic and how they treat people and how they run their business
1: yeah yeah definitely it, it always uh yeah. stings a little bit if there's like like an actor or something that I like and then I find out they're just an asshole in real life it's like well now I don't like you anymore <laughs> you yeah know? it's it's hard uh, yeah
2: it's it really is the worst uh Mike and I had a very had a shared experience with somebody like that We won't name names but it was kind of like a very long period of time waiting for them, and then when you did get to meet them, it was kind of like oh, that was a real big letdown. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, uh, um, Mr. Greenrobe Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't care. You can say his name. No one's gonna. I be... don't know.
2: I don't know. Maybe he wants to come on. I don't want to be like you were kind no. of a dick. No. What's, what's his name? It's Tom. What's his last name?
1: Tom. Tom, Tom Hiddleston. No. <laughs> I don't know. It's too many to- Tom. Toms now. Tom Green? No, no. Loki? You no. talking about Loki? No, no, fucking Malfoy. Oh, Malfoy was meaning you? It, he was just so we were there because my stepdaughter <laughs> was like obsessed and had a huge crush on him. So I took her to Comic Con and, and Nick was there, and we all, you know, we had to skip the line pass, right? So
2: we but could we like no.
1: Yeah. And we wait in line and he like shows up, sits down for like well, first of all, he's like 20 minutes late. He sits down for like five minutes, maybe 10, then gets up and he's like, oh, I'll be right back. And then disappears for like another 15 minutes, like taking a shit or
2: whatever. But it's like, dude, you don't, this is how you treat your fans. But it wasn't one time. It, yeah. The The lines weren't moving correctly. Uh, and we we ended up waiting and it was like something ridiculous, like two and a half hours. And he oh disappeared God. a couple times, you know, and then it it seemed like it was very rushed when we did get up there and stuff like that. So it wasn't like, it didn't feel like this was worth two hours of wait uh, of time where it was kind of like, ah, I don't know. Like maybe he was just having yeah. a bad day or whatever. It's, like, I don't it know. Right. But you know, so it, there's those instances, but. But you never, right. also like too, I'll
0: just chime in that. Like, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. And like, uh, right. You, I'm sure, you know, unless it was something personal against, you know, that he like. You know with you guys i don't think that anybody should that's waiting for that kind of stuff should take anything personally you know i i hope that they that the person who's putting that on is trying their best to make sure that they put it on the right you know do their obligations correctly because i'm sure no one wants to look like an asshole unless he wants to be his character and just be like oh I'm my character for life you <laughs> right know, think yeah, of me right. that as like this like stuck up kid you know whatever forever so maybe he wants right. that vibe <laughs>
2: Cause, but you're right. Like that's, it is, that's why, and that's why I was kind of like, I don't really want to say like, you know, everybody's got a bad day. Everybody like some, I've met, I've met a bunch of people where I just look at them and I'm like, you look defeated. And they're like, I am so exhausted right now. And I'm like,
0: for me, like, like through my whole career or just, or like I would read comments about what people would be like, Oh, Steve is an asshole or something. And I, I, I feel like, I feel like I, always put myself out there and always made myself readily available to like talk to people and to like listen to them and to take time out of any time that I had to like appreciate anybody that came up to me. So if you're listening to this and I was an asshole to you, it's never, I never, I I swear I was never an asshole to anybody. Like I never, you know, to me, like I, I always held like when you, when you like are in a band, you represent everybody and you never want to be that guy where, just like you said, if you meet one person and you love that band and they're an asshole, you're, they're gonna you're gonna hate them or resent them or feel a type of way. And I would it's never want someone how who, you feel. Yeah, I would never want someone who like loves my music and spent their time to go to the show and buy a t-shirt and like be into the band to like have that experience. And I always, for me, in my heart, I look back and 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 feel that I never took that for granted, and I was always like appreciative of anybody who liked my band and liked
2: what I did, you know? So yeah. yeah. So I've I, met a lot of, like I've, I, I can say I've met more people who seemed off at conventions than I have at concerts. Like I've met a ton of bands and like, like I walked up to like, I, like for example, I walked up during one Warp tour and the entire band of Flogging Molly just happened to be at their merch tent. They were just hanging out and I was like what the fuck? And, and I quite, uh, and, yeah. Go ahead. It, I was like, like in, and I've met a but, and you know, that's just one example. But I've met a bunch of other musicians, and you're right. Like, the, like I think I've met one guy in a band, and I was like, you know, you know, you kind of rub me the wrong way. But luckily, there's like ten other people in this band, and the rest of them are really cool. <laughs> so. the, thing,
0: the thing is, is like, I think. People need to realize, like, people in bands are people, like, they're and they're like,
2: yeah, and exactly,
0: and people who write music, they're very emotional, and a lot of them are like socially inept, and that's what get got them into music in the first place because they were bullied or like they were quiet or they kept to themselves. I think those are the art, those are the artistic people, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I don't, you know, I, it's, it's I have lots like, of friends who fall into that bucket people expect you people expect just because you're in a band, you need to be this social butterfly and be able to like hold all these conversations and be able to like do all these spectacular things. When really you're just, you know, even like doing music videos and stuff like that. It's kind of hard for bands because you really, for me, I was doing it to make music, not to like be an actor or to be the social butterfly that needs to like carry all these conversations with people. He doesn't know because I felt like I was socially awkward in high school and I couldn't talk to everybody. You know, so to me, um, yeah, you have to like kind of have those things in mind when you meet people that they're not always going to be who you want them to be one or also like give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they're not they had a bad day or they're not just like socially capable of like keeping conversation with people they don't know, you know, because that's okay, too. That doesn't make them a dick. But if they're a narcissist and they're like, fuck all those people, (laughs) I don't need them. Like, they're my fans. I don't give a fuck. Then fuck them that's like definitely
2: like right yeah. then then there's a then there's a problem like even that yeah. one musician guy i met I, like the one guy i was like there's like 10 other of you who who like are way cooler like i'll i'll give him it was a poor it was a rainy day it was a very small concert and venue uh it was a very long set uh so i even then i'm like you probably like. I'm hoping you just had an off day, because literally every other time I've seen you, like in stage or whatever, like you always seem like you're kind of in a different zone. So even that, I'm like, ah, I'm just chalk it up to a bad day. If it's a consistent, yeah. if I happen to meet him yeah. again and it's a consistent pattern, eh maybe. But yeah, you yeah. you never know. Like, right? They like, like I I, like, I give you guys all the credit. Like I, be on the road. Be on the
0: road's hard. There's a lot of up. problem. There could be problems at home. There could be problems within the band. There could be problems on the road. The shows aren't doing well, you know, and you try, it's hard to sometimes put on the face, like the smile, the face to like, you know, pretend that everything is okay when it isn't, you know? And I applaud bands that I applaud a lot of people, you know, most people that are able to hold it together and um, to deal with people that are pushy, uh, even though they are having bad days. Um, It's just a testament to how, you know, them wanting to be nice and them trying to like, put all that aside to just um you know show the, show their fans that show their fans that like they're appreciative of their time and the you know that they love their band cuz it's As it's hard, fan, i think it yeah yeah exactly sure <laughs> so i think um I, I don't know that that's it's kind of weird nowadays because of social media how people feel like they're so close to bands like with the tiktok and and instagram they're so uh, you can kind of like have a magnifying glass over everybody's life so you kind of feel like you're closer to them than they are. And I think that's also a, could be an issue for bands as well, where, you know, people think they know you, you have no idea who they are and they're trying to be a certain way. You're like, whoa, like, hold on a second. Like, you know, I think for newer bands and newer people that are in the world, it takes a while for them to adjust to that, you know? So Yeah, true.
2: Indeed. There's a, there's a line. It's it's right now. Now. That's
0: why, that's why it's, it's for for me, like it's always better for bands to, to have the gradual, growth not to like be oh i want to like blow up like all you know and yeah and like not have you know to experience everything it takes along the way and i think having that experience lets you kind of deal with all those things appropriately and learn along the way and gain wisdom
2: Get the building get the building blocks so you can under see you you get better over time because that's that's skyrocket
1: you don't take it for granted I think a, a band needs to, like you said, experience that, right? They got to play a hundred shows at a VFW in front of 20 people, you know, and, and, you know, it's going to be those same kids that show up to every single one. And it's those, those are the experiences and the times that you have to appreciate because that's ultimately what's going to build you as a band are those devout fans mm-hmm. that come to every single show when you are at your worst, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not like a band that gets overnight instant stardom, and all of a sudden, everyone's their best friend and they want to, you know, do everything for them. You know, it's like, well, you know, it's it's not earned in that that way. Um, um, if, you then- try, if you
0: if you try to do it the easy way by, like, not working hard and touring and, and not getting a real fan base and just doing the whole TikTok thing, you run into a problem. And I've seen this like I'll watch a festival and there'll be a TikTok band that blew up and the crowd only knows 30 seconds of the song. They, the oh, rest geez. of the song is quiet. Then that 30 seconds like "Ah, and then it's quiet. Like how how does a musician like feel good about that? Yes, you're you're stoked, like you're you're viral, bro. Like you're but is it a career? Can you make can you make real fans because they're on to the next shit? Like, are you gaining real fans? Are you making hard, you know, fans are gonna follow your band through your career and go to your shows and buy merch and all this stuff because that's where you make your money. You don't really, yeah. you're not making your money from streaming. You're not making your money from TikToks, maybe from sponsorships and stuff or whatever, but your, sh- your, yeah. your money is guarantees and t-shirts and all that.
1: So it's, it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, a, an older band that's kind of got back in the limelight now because of TikTok. Um, but I shit you not, my five-year-old because of TikTok, well, she'll be five in a week. Um, civil plans, I'm just a kid. Because of that trend on TikTok, she loves that song. She makes me play it constantly. And at almost five years old, can sing it front to back, every single word. And she even has like the timing down, right? It's insane. It's amazing. That's awesome. Really <laughs> so, cool. But I keep telling her, I'm like, well, you got to listen to more of that song. She's like, no, I just want to listen to that one. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, listen, daddy was really start, into, you it's know. It's a start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I bet the of the first album, gets, But I'm like, Daddy was way into that.
0: <laughs> she could start a simple plan, but then you got to throw in a little Green Day, a little Blink. You gotta, you gotta, yeah, you, you gotta throw in some more credit, you know.
1: Yeah. Oh, some yeah. More,
0: cred, more credit, you know, some, some Descendants.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, play with some oh, effects.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> first. don't know. Do so like so. me first. Say me and the first. Gimby Gimby's, Gimby's, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Me yeah, first. first like the give gimmies
2: everybody loves because. My mom loved me first in the me gimme gimmies when I first started ha- picking up their CDs. She, it's because she knew yeah, she knew go. all their songs because they're just covers. Aquabats.
0: Come on, Aquabats. Yeah, Let's that's, go. Ah, oh, that's good... I actually group. love
2: their TV show way more than I yeah. probably should
0: have. <laughs> Come on, Travis Barker, Aquabats. Let's go. That's where he started from. You know that? Travis Barker's Aquabats.
2: everywhere. Yeah. No,
0: I'm just saying he actually he was in Aquabats before he was in Blink.
2: You guys yeah. know
0: that? Fun fact. Yeah. Okay,
2: cool. All right. yeah. oh, I've we're have we supposed more... to be talking
0: about blink here so i'm gonna i'm just well no that's fine throwing. like no, no it, we can circle I'm back like I'm travis
2: barker like i back to blink right like we talked like you talked about how they like you kind of like they were one of your first biggest like you know influences and it turns out it's also what i like you it Probably your bigger supporters at the beginning, right? To boost mm-hmm. you. Right? Like? And uh, so, but that was it is like every, like I got into Green Day back in the early 90s, just like every other kid who loved anything that was good. Uh, and, but it, what my, like my personal boost was this, was, or into like that whole culture was, it, it ended up, st- being one of the primary things was blink and uh dude ranch and Cheshire cat. Right. Yeah. Like, it was that it came out. And then and my buddy was like, dude, you got to listen to this. And he played me damn it. And I was like, what is this? It's like, it's just fun. Uh, yeah. And he tried to get me to go to work tour that year and I was like dumb and didn't go. Uh, but I really wish I had, cause that was like the first year that they were like in the area for it. And I was like, ugh. like, I look back and I'm like, I made a whole bunch of poor decisions. I don't know what I did that <laughs> day, but I guarantee you I would have had a better day at Warped Tour. Right. But that was, it is like, so, but I've been, I did play drums back a drum. I played band, like single drum, like snare mm-hmm. drum back in like high drum. school or like, yeah, like <laughs> snare drum, like that was it. Like in band, uh, Back of the day, so I love percussion. So I've been a percussionist. So Travis Barker is like one of my favorite drummers of all time. Like the dude is just everywhere, and I love that for him because everything he does, like from a from a drum standpoint, I love. Right? Yeah, he's a great. So, drummer. like to circle yeah. back, like when he
0: when he first started when he first was playing for Blink, though I was pretty upset because I went to go see them in South Florida, and. I'm like expecting to see Scott Rayner on the kit, and there's some dude yeah. who gets behind the kit and he's wearing a bucket hat. You know, you can't see his face. And at in the beginning of the set, me and my friends were all pissed. Like, where the fuck's Scott Rainer? Like, fucked. We we're like yelling, fuck, where's Scott Rayner? But by the end of the set, we're like, What who the hell is this guy? Like, and what did he do with the blink? But he he made it so much better. Like he he took blink songs to the next level. But also, we kind of talk a little bit shit because you know he definitely added it add, he added so much that we didn't expect, and we were like ready for the drum fills, and he just would do this crazy shit. Because I'm sure he like played the songs, and he's like, "Yeah, this is boring as fuck. I'm just gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that," you know. And even like as I'm sure if you see Blink now, he doesn't play the same fills as the record, so you're trying to like copy the fills, and he's just like playing all this crazy shit. And that's how we started out. So I was a hater at first, but by the end of the end, end of the set, I was you know. Obviously is like, the best, you know,
1: Right. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: for, but being a Blink fan that young, you like Scott Rainer, like that was, that was Blink, you know, like hit, that was the whole thing, you know, that's the look of the band. And then adding Travis, obviously is such a personality. It like completely changed the dynamic right day one, you know, mm-hmm. for a good thing is a good thing, obviously. Right. You know? Like yeah, yeah, nothing against,
2: sure. you know, nothing against any, like it, it is just a different sound and that is okay uh you know like you said like you went looking for Scott and like I've I've gone to like concerts and I'm like you're not who I who are you like I've done the same thing I'm like what but I've been like I've either been impressed or I'm like you know that's that's a good okay but you're right like Travis just has his own way of doing things with a drum kit that I don't think is a (laughs) like some people don't appreciate it because you know because of the kind of music he plays, it they're like, eh, it's, eh, whatever, that's not real music. And it's like, all right, guys, like, I'm pretty sure whatever you could do, he could do if he wanted oh, yeah. to.
1: He's just doing what he loves. Yeah. You leave him alone.
2: <laughs> no, that's it. Is yeah, like and
1: even like even like he just shows. loves playing
2: the drums.
1: Yeah, you know, just like when he did that drum cover for um, Soldier Boy. Like, I mean, he's pretty a, much all, that's a he's he has a whole factory
0: now. I mean, he's putting out all like the the new stuff that's coming out, like all the you know john feldman emo rap stuff like he's doing like the mgk you know all that stuff like yeah. travis is the mastermind behind all this you know it's kind of yeah. insane and good for him it's like if anybody that you know that should be doing that is him and like he's in Blink, why not and it, and his son's <laughs> like his son's like opening up his son's bands opening up for them you know for Blink. oh that's landon. awesome yeah landon barker i think his name is okay and, like, you know, Travis probably, like, records all the drums on his records and stuff, and he does, like, <laughs> Kenny Hoopla, <laughs> Kenny Hoopla, and, like, all this stuff. So, yeah, he has his hand in so many things, and it's great.
1: Hey, how's it going? We're Blink-182, and we're going to be hosting Rage tonight, so don't even
0: turn that channel or else I'm going to rip out your eyes and shove them down your pants so you can watch me kick your ass. Channer? Channer is a word! No!
1: <laughs> so, all all that fun stuff with Blink—it's that's amazing, especially you know it seemed like pretty early on in your career. Um, so, uh, like how amazing did that feel? Getting pulled on tour with with a uh, Blink out of all bands—that that's just that's amazing. Um, I mean, it was crazy. Like going
0: from you know playing small clubs to now playing like. What are they called? Amphitheaters. You know, it was kind of a huge, <laughs> step. yeah, a huge step up for us, and uh, and we definitely learned a lot about being professional and how to do things right and how to put on an amazing show. Um, those guys, regardless of their music, their banter was like another reason why Blink was such a good band to go see live. Because let's let's just, let's just fa- you know let's face it, Travis is an amazing musician and stuff, and like they're all great musicians individually, but some they're not the the most tightest band live, and how how they make up for that because it doesn't really matter how tight they are or if they're singing off key because of how they interact with each other and their banter and how funny they are. It's like their own; they're like pretty much like comedians, like and they're on their own stand up hour. You know, like I don't know how they do it. I think it's back then, at least listening to the Mark, Tom, and Travis show. It's it's like how long Mark, Mark, and Tom have known each other and like their like humor that they have with each other that make themselves laugh just happen to work with like, Hey, let's just do that on the mic, make ourselves laugh. And everybody else is going to do it, like do it too. And I think that was one of the things that really made them like made you love blinking even more because they are just like, they're funny. And they're like, yeah. they're like me and you, then they make fart jokes and talk about fucking dads and whatever, who cares? You know, it's like, you know, it's stuff like that made them more ground level and made them, real people you know like they have they're funny and they're also good at their instruments and they write catchy songs and you know they don't take themselves too seriously and I think that's something that was really cool because like for me bands that take themselves too seriously and like are very serious and we have to like do this whole thing and like blah 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 it's like it's very corny to me you know I don't know you don't need to like act like that you know you can yeah and you know and you don't need to act as big as you are like just because you're this huge band you don't need to act that part and I feel like they were kind of one of those bands that were always cool and never really like let, let it get to their head. I mean, they had money and like, they obviously knew how big and influential they were, but for them to reach out a hand and help smaller bands out and just like, it's fucking cool. You know?
1: Yeah. It shows Shows where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like for us, the the last, the last show of the tour, like they, it was in San Diego at the Coors amphitheater and like, we're playing and all of a sudden, like all thousands of like ping pong balls fly down and then these naked dudes with like, you know, wearing thongs, like come and like sweeping it up. And then like people start pulling all of our instruments off the stage and like, and someone's like, I don't know, all these crazy things happen, you know? So they did like an end, of, end, a of tour prank. And it's like, yo, Blink is like pranking us right now. This is crazy. And they're spending money doing it. You know, it was just cool, you know, like to be a part of that and in their hometown and, you know, i
1: jealous. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. lie. Yeah. Right. I heard they're pretty good uh, pranksters on on tour and stuff. Yeah, that's so funny.
0: Super fun.
1: And Uh,
2: like, like you, you talked about it though. It, I think that whole wave of stuff that came out of it, right? Like it seemed, it seemed from our, from my perspective, a lot of bands kind of tried to take that same approach where they didn't take themselves so seriously in that same, you know, genre era, like that whole wave of stuff that hit in the late nineties through two thousands. Right. Like it seemed like a similar thing. Like, is that, is that just like a way we saw it? Or was that how it kind of was with even other bands?
0: I think, I think with blink, like they didn't, they didn't think about it. They just didn't. Right. And I think that. that's the that's the problem. Is bands that actually sit down to think about it, they're not going to do it. It's yeah, it's, it's for it's me. I have the philosophy of like, for, for me, I have the philosophy. If you sit down to write a hit song, you're not going to write a hit song. With the with the mentality of like, oh my god, I need to write a single. Like you're never yeah. going to do that. And if you are, yeah. then you're Ed Sheeran. You know, <laughs> you're already you're yeah. already a millionaire already. If you're that and, confident in yourself, but it, it, you should just let it happen. Let it happen. Don't have any expectations. Um, believe in yourself and believe in your art. And if if you love it, hopefully other people love it too. And I think Blink was so confident in their personality and they knew what what worked well for them. They didn't have to try. They're like, we're going to run around naked and we're going to rip off boy band videos and it's going to be sick. And then it it could have been corny as it hell. Did. But it, it, was. It, it broke them. You know that would <laughs> it, it made them even me. bigger than they were. Because, like I think that that was the song that made them international. I mean, they were already big, but think, that yeah, song,
2: you know, it, it was it was that it was that it was that leap that brought them from almost just amazing punk band to like you just said international freaking stars or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it just. It's, it was that weird jump that brought them from like here to here that everybody was singing Blink Blink One Eighty Two as opposed to like all the people who were you know who liked that type of music. It was like that thing that just oh, yeah. right
0: yeah they 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 became a band like a household name. It wasn't just Punk Kids, but they were cool enough to where the Punk Kids were like oh they sold out like can't listen to Blink anymore you know like that kind of shit. So yeah. um, they, kept, they, or, they kept they kept it or you
2: know. could just. Right. Like, or you just yeah. took it as like, you know what? The rest of that, like that whole album was actually really good. Oh, yeah. Like, sure. You had the, you had the, them run around naked. Uh, sure. whatever. I also, like, I also want to add. Bad.
0: No, no. I also want to add in that. I feel like um, Jerry Finn, their producer was like a huge, huge part in like making blink sound you know, bringing making them who they were as well. Not only are they talented, but they also had Jerry Finn, who like was able to bring them together and all their separate personalities and get them on the same page and get them to write those songs. I don't think without him it would have happened at all. Yeah, like I just I just yeah. want to say that right now. Like, and Jerry, because Jerry Finn, at rest in peace, is one of my favorite producers of all time. Like, his every record that he's done is amazing, and I I would love to for my any of my records that I produce to sound like. His, but I just want to put that stamp on here, like, and I, and p- people can argue about this in the chat or whatever or, or DM me, but Jerry Finn is a huge part in Blink's success and shaping the way that they sounded.
2: So I'm just gonna say that real quick. Shout out to Jerry Finn. Yeah, yeah appreciate what you did. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah it's amazing what a, you know what a good producer can do to take it like a you know even like a demo or an idea all the way to fruition and just like. That little extra oomph that they put in there, and oh yeah, it, it turns it turns you know uh, just you know track track eight on on the album to like a number one hit single. You know it's oh, yeah. it's amazing what what that that can do, and the, with the right producer, you know you hear it all the time. Um, you know, kind of tying back into what you said about like you don't sit down and write a hit single; it just happens. Um, there's a podcast I listen to where they pretty much talk to musicians and dissect one song that the musician picks. And so many times it's, you know, it's their number one hit single that they play 2000 times over again. They close every single show with it. Um, but they're like, yeah, it was the last song that we recorded and it was kind of like a throwaway and it just, happen to to become magic and you know they'll talk about like their, their producer saying you know do this or don't do that or you know w- we're gonna layer this differently and and that's what made or you know made the the song and it's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a you know testament to the jerry Finns and all that that can just take take someone that's great and just somehow get that little extra out of them to just bump it up even, even higher than anyone could have thought yeah. To me, one of the most interesting things
0: that I've seen recently is like, I saw an interview with Rick Rubin and the interview guy was like, can you play an instrument? He's like, nah. He's like, have you ever written a song? He's like, nah. He's like, people just pay me for my opinion because you know, I have a good opinion and it, you know what, I don't know how he, how he said it exactly, but yeah. the fact that, the fact that he has no musical ability and he's one of the biggest producers of all time who's wrote the most amazing, who's been a part of, one of the huge, hu- hugest songs in, in the history of music is kind of mind boggling if you think about it. And I think the fact yeah. that he doesn't play an instrument might be, and, and not in that world may have been a benefit for him, you know, to, to be that separate entity and to not, you know, to be a separate, totally creative person without having that background to, to bring that, the artist to a world that may, they may or not have thought of before. Um, which is really cool. Um, The more and more i look i I read about rick rubin and hear about his like mantra and how he like records is super interesting to
1: me too so yeah 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 that's that's you know because there's also the producers that you know will add stuff right whether it's like a a, a piano part or whatever um because they have that music background right but the fact that he doesn't and he's just got that good of an ear Essentially, yeah, exactly. People, he that's what you he said. What I mean? People pay me for my ear.
0: People pay me for my ear. It's yeah. like okay. <laughs> a million dollar ear, a billion dollar ear, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, that, that's insane. That like no musical talent, but he just knows. Right. And that, that you know, and, and I guess that, that, that attests to like intuition almost, you know, that oh, yeah. like that's something that you can't really teach. It's something that you just spiritual. know. It's something that's like
0: spiritual. Yeah. It's something you're born with. It's something you can't just like when people ask me, like, how do you write your lyrics or how teach me how to write melodies? It's like, I feel like it's something that you can teach the basics and you can teach people how to open their minds and you can teach people how to like, you can tell them your process and how you do it, but there's no formula to it. There's no way. It's not like learning the guitar where you can learn how to play the guitar. You you know, this is how it goes, right? Learning how to write lyrics and melodies and stuff like that is something that I feel like people need to be born with or it's kind of something you yeah. need to awaken in your mind. Uh, it's like playing yeah. drums. Like you have to be like left brained. You know, you have to be like math heavy, which I'm not. I can't <laughs> like move my leg and my arm at the same time. You know, I can play guitar obviously, but drums is like beyond me.
2: Um, it, so yeah. It's, I'm a math it's guy and I can't play drums. <laughs> I quit bands. I was like, I am not. Uh, <laughs> one drum was enough for you. What drum was enough like i i've <laughs> yeah. set up enough i've set up enough drum sets where my, my friends are like you used to play drum i was like i used to and they're like dude show me something and i'm like like i can <laughs> i could pull off in most cases like the movements of the drums but it my brain could not fathom the bass pedal while doing any of it so anytime yeah, a bass bass pedal was needed i was like like stopped everything else. I was like, nope, my brain can do one or the other. I can do like the breakdown, like
1: the. Yeah. Yeah. The only way I can do anything with drums is if I turn my brain off. If I think about it, I screw up. But if I just turn my brain off and I just feel it, then I can kind of poke something together. That's why you guys have
2: something that I can't. Like That's (laughs) it. Like, like you just said, you're like, you're either bored with it or not. And like, some people are great at that stuff. And I have a lot of friends who are super creative and I'm like, you guys are all freaking amazing. Um, Whether it's family members or friends. And I'm like, you guys do something I can't. And that's awesome. And I will support you to the ends of the earth because of that. Uh, I, I can troubleshoot tech. (laughs) I got, I got tech. That's it. Like, but (laughs) like, so like, I, I super appreciate everybody who's musically inclined, artistically inclined, whatever you want to call it, like writing songs, fucking have at it. You're awesome.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's something that people need to develop over time, you know? And like, luckily I got to work with a lot of really cool producers and I got to learn a lot from a lot of different people to implement it now into my own studio and my own things that I'm, doing now with bands and writing with bands and producing and mixing other bands and stuff
1: so yeah awesome yeah that's pretty cool that you could take that and the fact that you had those life experiences right like that's just insane
0: I, i uh i record i did a like you know three or four records with neil avron and just i would always be the one in the studio kind of like soaking things up and watching everything that he was doing and learning as much as i could from him and then um for the record coming home tom lord algae mixed that record and i went to south beach every you know i lived you know went to south beach and would go down to the sessions every single day and hang out with him over his shoulder while he was mixing the songs and that was a really cool experience and he would drive like a different antique car to work every day and oh geez that's cool he, he was like chain smoking these little tiny like cigarettes that his like helper would bring him over like just smoking and he had like 50 different speakers you know, that he would play things through um, to test to test things out. And Pharrell was, like, next door mixing, you know, his song. And it was really oh, cool geez. to, like, be, be in that. Yeah, it was really cool to watch that hit, to watch him in his own world. And, like, he invited me over to his house for, like, 4th of July weekend. And I walk in his house, and he has, like, Grammys. Like, you know, he did, like, Steve Winwood, <laughs> You know, uh, what's oh, that geez. song? With? Back in the High Life, I you love know? Love. That shit.
2: Back in and the High love Life
0: love. again higher love yeah higher love exactly
1: Ghost, um, ghostbusters too man yeah exactly too. yeah <laughs> Give me to the beginning right. of that song it that song doesn't have a lot of energy but the beginning of that song just gets me so fucking pumped like oh, i don't yeah. know why like
0: <laughs> think so, so you, you walk yeah think yeah you walk into his house and there's plaques everywhere like 10 million like diamond plaques and then like i walk into his in his dining room and i saw like my band's plaque there it was a gold it was his only gold record that he had hanging on his wall. All the rest were platinum, diamond shit. But he had he had our, the, the, gold, the gold record on his wall. I was like, dude, hell yeah, that's sick. And then nice. he always like he always brings up the like he is oh the breakdown and uh,
2: what's I don't remember what some song. He's always like oh the breakdown in this song is so sick. And anyway, pretty cool. I've got a I've got a question. Like you brought up the the plaque, right? So if a band earns a plaque, does everybody get one? I mean, everybody that you, you would want
0: to, that was involved can get one. Right. Like, you, like I meant that, but like, yeah. I've always
2: like, for some reason in my brain, like movies and stuff always depicted as like the producer gets the one and everybody else kind of kind of gets shafted. I wasn't sure if it was like a team effort and everybody got a plaque or no. if it was just like, you get four and you guys get, have to pick no. who gets a.
0: No, basically what happens is they'll, the, the, they'll hit you up and they'll be like, you have an RIAA certified plaque. Um, and they, you know, you, you can have one for you and the man, you management and label. And if you want one for family and friends, you just have them fill out a form. And then oh, they, that's family awesome. and friends, you know, can get plaques and stuff like that. But you kind of have to have an in. You can't just like. That's an, so cool. i not going to lie. Three. Yeah. But yeah.
2: That's, that's way cooler of an answer than I was ever expecting.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you can... I was going
2: to, I was expecting like everybody in the band and the manager gets one. Something <laughs> yeah. Or like the producer and the editor or whatever. Yeah, well, the
0: label it. pays for those. Like the label will get give the band one, but if your family, if your dad wants one, he just has to pay like three hundred dollars and they make him one. Oh, they don't. So they cool. won't give them for free. They won't make them yeah. for free for everybody. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. If somebody's like
2: cool. for three hundred bucks, you can get a copy. You you can get a pla- you can get a gold record plaque too of my band. I'm like, fucking sign me up for that. Yeah. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like does a towel, does a towel boy get a Super Bowl ring? Like
2: <laughs> for three hundred bucks he
1: those those rings cost a lot more than three hundred bucks, but <laughs> three hundred and five.
0: It's a yes. participation trophy, you know.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah
2: that's, that's so cool. Dumb. Yeah.
0: Also, I should I have a blank plaque too, like because we were on the same label at the same management too, and like they made these like 10 million plaques and i got one of those too it's on my instagram you can check it out that's so awesome cool instagram steve is the reason you know. there you go <laughs>
1: um but yeah it's a pretty cool plaque and it says my name on it and stuff first time i ever talked to you i don't know how many years ago it was when i first first like messaged you um i, I literally i literally said you know steve is the reason and i, and I said was ever good your, your old your old band. I think that's that's what I said to
0: you. Wait, was it? Steve is the reason the, was ever good?
1: Steve was the reason your old band was ever was good. Was ever good? Oh yeah. damn, you're gonna say lie podcast That's right a pretty now? good
2: pickup line. You're you're, you're, you're claiming
1: you're claiming that on the podcast right now? It's deep. So you, you go from uh being a fan to pretty much being not pretty much but being friends with them you know and is there any other like doors or huge experiences that they they've given you like that, that him picking you up in his BMW first of all not very punk of him driving up in a BMW what the fucks up with that but yeah, it, second of all but he had uh, he
2: clearly had a multi disc changer which was 100% how you knew you were cool oh yeah i yes. had one in my ford aerostar <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that was my first
0: um, like uh, experience. I think that was my first experience of seeing like punk rock, the money that punk rock can bring you. You know, like hey, like you know this band's huge, and 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 he's showing up, and uh, you know we're touring in a van and playing these small venues, and you have Mark Hoppus pulling it up in a BMW. is definitely like, insp- it's it's crazy thinking about it, but it's also inspiring in a way where you're like, damn, like look at what this world has given to this person and look at the potential of what it can possibly give me you know and it's something that i definitely didn't expect uh, or or like expect when i started the band but it's something that's like well this can actually be like a career and like something that can you
2: know it's a dream yeah it's a dream it's a dream every musician wants to make it every musician wants. excuse me every musician wants to make it big but you know Some of them don't and they're totally cool with that because they get to make the music that they love and it's not, it's not hindered in any way. And they're like, I make the music and I love it and never had a hit song or whatever. And they're cool with it.
0: I think for me, like more than um, getting the tours and more than Mark doing what, you know, they, what they did for the band, is was the fact that they, Like, it it gave me validation as, as like, a musician. Like, hey, like, this band that I, like, look up to so much that I hold in such high regard notices me. Like, notices what, like, my band and, like, what I'm doing. And it's, like, that was huge. You know, that was, like, a huge validation for me. And more than anything else, you know, having someone who I respect be into my band. And, you know, it it was kind of like that growing up, too. Because, like, we were lucky enough to get shows with less than Jake and like MXPX and stuff. And those guys like took us under their wing and would give us advice and be like, Hey, this is how it is. Like, we know you guys are green, you know, like Vinny from less than Jake would bring us in the back of the bus and like talk to us for hours and give us advice. And And Mike from MXPX would tell us stuff. And, you know, we were luckily able to get good advice from a lot of the top tier, you know, people in the game. And I think we would take what we want out of it. And, you know, like anything else so it was really it was really cool it's for people to take us under our wing and i think that's why for me now like i love being able to do that for the bands that i work with is to give them as like pass on my wisdom of
2: all like the knowledge shop. that
0: i've accumulated over the past 20 years and stuff of working and doing this like i feel really good yeah. about being able to pass
2: that on you know that's awesome yeah so, i'm yeah, sure they exactly. super i I hope they appreciate it as much as you obviously appreciate it from the people that gave it to you. Mm -hmm. Right?
0: Yeah, me too. (laughs) Like it's, it's kind it's really cool to be able to pay it forward and to be able to share my experiences and help bands not maybe make the same mistakes that, you know, I made or anything like that. You know, I lived a lot of life and and lived through a lot of experiences. So being able to share them with young bands and being able to give them a heads up, like, Hey, like yada, 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 to give them, you know, to be able to make the better decisions.
1: Like, going forward, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting too. You know, some of the bands that you mentioned, I mean, you know, from in our circle, they're those are big names, right? But when you, if you talk about like music as a whole, like you skyrocketed past
2: them. From oh like yeah. From you know objective point of view, you know, like- you became a much more household name, if you will i think you, i think you ended up being closer to the blink 182s than the mxpx's yeah and think about it but... this
0: way too think about it this way too like Lesson jake took us on our first u.s tour like our first bus tour and then fast forward a bunch of years when we were on the good charlotte civic tour and we were trying to bring up bands to like you know to take out guess who was on that tour Lesson jake mxpx you know a yeah. ton of bands that like you know we paid you know i felt like we wanted to give those bands and show those bands that respect like hey you you helped us out like and we're doing this big tour now like we want to hook you guys up too no matter it, yeah. it sounds weird to me because those bands have been around way longer and stuff you know yeah but but to be yeah. able to do that to put them on like an arena show and to be able to have them a part of the civic tour was sick that's moon by the way
2: hey, <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we've we've yeah. had a we've had a number of pets come, pop into the co- the podcast. Yeah, it's a cameo. Still, it's a cameo. <laughs> it's a cameo. Uh, um,
1: but yeah, it's it's good seeing. Like you know, one hand washes the other. You know, and when someone can recognize that, that's you know, that's just it's it's humbling in, in and of its own. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 good and it's genuine, and you know, it's good to hear that stuff. You know, because even like you said with newer bands even if it's not you know the lesser jakes and the mxpx or you know get up kids all that shit uh, descendants the, the big big names in in the in the world you know in the the community but you know the lesser known people that are just trying to start out because you remember being there and you remember that someone did that for you so you're going to extend that to someone else and that's a testament to you know the re- The right people in the music industry. Well, well know, it's the, the punk rock
0: mentality. It's the punk rock mentality, you know. Yeah, I think that's the that's the, the the kind of the gist of it. Have the punk rock mentality. Help, help. You know, the same people you see on the way up or the same people you are going to see on the way down. Always be humble and always respect yep. everybody, no matter what. And that that's always been my, kind of my mantra. Um, and you know, leading that yeah, into ben the Mike next story, like the whole time. Um, in transition from you know being on MCA Records and Geffen Records it, to Epitaph before we signed to epitaph we like mark hoppus like produced not without a fight on spec because we we didn't have a label at the time so he told us like hey come track with me at my studio in los angeles and i'll record it for you and cover it for you and when you guys get signed just pay me back so again that's that's another thing that mark hoppus did like help us out like he totally recorded us for free you know let us use the studio and at the time blink was broken up and he was like he had a beard. And was like smoking cigarettes, and like would wear Blink One Eighty Two socks, and like talk shit about Tom, and like say <laughs> crazy things, you know, and be like, "I didn't mean that. I'm just, you know, I'm just talking. To Whatever." And it was just, you know, because they were they were in like a weird transition time, you know, um, yeah. back then. So and 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 then right after that was when Travis had his plane crash and shit. Like I met, I was really good friends with his assistant Chris, who passed away on that flight, oh, and it was God, fucking geez. horrible. So like, yeah, like, I don't know, just that was a crazy experience. But again, like Mark did go out of his way for us and recorded that record for us and helped us out. And then we got signed to Epitaph and it was awesome. So yeah, that's, another that's thing, another, another way Blink helped, you know, that our band out and he didn't have to do that shit, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it kept, it kept you going. Right. Yeah. So sure. you, were, you got Epitaph uh, and you were ready to go. <laughs> you know it wasn't like oh, was now, now exactly. we got to go to the studio and now we got to record and and write and all that you were ready to go and that's right you know that's that's huge especially with him and you know i'm sure that record might not have had as much uh, momentum as did without that <clears throat>
0: no i think and what was good too is like we wanted to kind of after putting out coming home we wanted to kind of do something that was more back to basics what people wanted out of that band you know, and I think uh, it was
1: the perfect record at the time to come out. You know, uh, so. yeah, it was. It was a, that was a banger record, but I liked coming home a lot. <laughs> that was no, uh, sure, it, it was, was a good one.
0: Yeah, for sure. But it was one of those things where people didn't want. Uh, people love that record, and it's one of those ones that have grown on people all, over the years. But when it came out, people didn't want that type of record. They wanted the upbeat shit. They didn't want whatever. You know, I love that record, it, and I'm proud of it. But it definitely got some like, yeah, like why aren't they doing double time anymore? And why aren't they doing mosh parts and shit like that, you know? So but
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, critics are gonna hate, Let
0: not,
1: hate. Not, sure. not every song needs a, uh, a breakdown.
0: <laughs> no, no, I I understand. I think every you know, every band should be able to expand their horizons and do what they want to do. And I, I think that's what we did and we had the chance to do that. And but I mean the is. thing too
1: people might hate not not hate but people might not have like appreciated as much but like to me coming home seems like a more like mature matured album like the songs if that even makes sense coming from a professional
0: yeah Um, to me to me i wouldn't to me mature is an okay word i would just say slowed down i would say i would say like simplified and more i don't know i wouldn't say like I I feel like the the record, it was hard. It was a hard adjustment for everybody to get into that record, you know, because I feel like everybody was going through a certain time in their life. And that reflected why that record was the way it was. And if people weren't going through that, it probably wouldn't have taken that entity, if that makes sense. So yeah, I think it was the record that I, I don't regret what happened and how the record was made um I'm I'm super proud of that record but it definitely was an adjustment for us and a wake up call because it was like do people want this from us do people want to hear this style and how we're interpreting yeah. the the band the the track record that we had and then kind of throwing a little spin on it now kind of taking a left turn a little bit you
1: know
2: yeah. it was definitely a yeah. risk
1: so but i mean even yeah. after how many years like if if i'm in like an emotional state i'll throw on like love and pain
2: <laughs> you <laughs> yeah.
1: know Like, like it's slow, but that's that. Like a lot of the songs in there are fucking bangers, you know. Sure. Um. You know. Yeah. They might not be upbeat as like the other stuff,
2: but that doesn't mean they're they're not. Everything has to be like you said. Not everything has to be the double time tempo, and not everything has to be a pop punk MTV hit.
0: Sure, but like when you're kind of transitioning (laughs) from records, and you've put out, you've had a certain sound for so long, and then you put out something that people aren't used to it takes a little bit of an adjustment. And I think that it, it is a kind of like, now, now it's kind of like one of those things where people like look back and like, that's my favorite record because it's cool to say that because that was the record everybody hated back in the day. It's like Jawbreaker, Dear You, when that record came out, everybody was mad at them. They weren't a major label. Yeah, everybody yeah. fucking hated it. Everybody dumped, lot, it yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's like a fucking classic record. Everybody loves it. It's everybody's favorite record.
1: So fuck yeah. everyone. You know, it is, it right. is what it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, it you know? like shit
1: like, like there's some fucking, uh, I guess you can call them B sides. Like, um, fuck, there was there was one other one that was uh, released on the same album. Um, but like, uh, Radio Adelaide, Ad- so, mm-hmm. you pronounced it like that. Right, was, I, I, thought, I fucking love that song. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like that was a little, little like different than the norm. It's been mm-hmm. a while since I've listened to it because I don't think you can really like find it streaming anywhere. Really? Yeah, I
2: don't. This is why I own CDs, people. (laughs) I own CDs. You can't take my discs from me.
1: How much much influence... Go ahead. I was going to say, how much influence did, did Blink have on the type of music that you wrote? Like, both, like, lyrically and sonically.
0: That's a good question. To me, I think the most inspiring thing about Blink that, like, I guess how they inputted their stake into me musically is the fact that they can take such a simple riff and such a simple guitar part and like make it a whole song. And like it's it's super catchy. And I think with like bands like Blink and Green Day, um anybody can pick up the guitar that has a little bit of knowledge and learn how to play it. And then it also shows you that you can also you can pick up a guitar and, 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 and write a cool little catchy riff and write a whole song around that. And I think that's such yeah. a cool thing. You know what I mean? It kind of like humanizes people by the fact that you can pick up a guitar and learn how to play any of these songs really easily. So that that shows you that you can be in a band, that you can start a band too. That that like, it's not so hard to do something like this, um, you know, to start a band and to write songs and anybody can do it if they put their mind to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody has real uh, special talents and... and and things they they haven't unlocked in their minds you know for me like I didn't know I can write lyrics it just so happened that I was the only one who stepped up to do it and then I realized hey I'm actually like okay at this like I'm I guess I'm that guy yeah you know I, I kind I wasn't the one that was like I'm doing it it was just kind of like I ended up doing it and, and figured it out that I was good at it you know yeah. and then just kind of perfected it over the the years and kind of re- learned how to manage it and figure out how to i don't know get it better out of my brain you know
1: yeah yeah get get them, <laughs> those jumbled thoughts on the paper yeah totally. like i
0: write the i write the lyrics to the music like i I let the music tell me what to write to me it's really hard for me to pull melodies out of thin air when i don't have the key of the song to tell me where it, it should go like when i hear sure. a guitar riff even when i'm like listening to other band songs i'm writing my own melodies and lyrics over which just might sound weird but that's just how my brain works you know um so, like, yeah, it's the music that tells me what to write. It gives me the emotion on what it wants to be, like, like how it wants to be told. It's, like, I don't know how if that makes sense. Like, the music itself has a story it wants to be told, and I hear it. And then I, like, relay that message, I guess, of what the emotion yeah. of the music is telling me to do. So yeah, that's the only way gonna... that I can actually explain my lyric writing is that no, I'm listening that's... into a seashell, and it's, like, telling me, it's, like, <sighs> whispering i'm not hearing voices you know i'm not crazy yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: no it's it's inspiring the lyrics that and yeah. it's inspiring the th- thoughts in your brain that come out as lyrics and yeah it's i i don't i can't do it but i understand it <laughs> i understand yeah. what you're saying anyway yeah uh, so i can actually best- write some lyrics but i can't play music whatsoever. and <laughs> most of my lyrics are kind of those like this is going to just be a ridiculous song. So they sound ridiculous. Uh, it's not like actual meaningful things in any way, shape or form.
0: Yeah, it's it's really hard. Um, you know, to like, to put your feelings on the paper, you know, to actually write something mm-hmm. that people can relate to. And um, I think it's something that you definitely should not think too hard about. You know, you should kind of let it drive you like, let it write yeah. itself. If you yeah. overthink it and you're trying to, to do it, it's not going to work. It's going to sound cliche or it's going to sound cheesy. Yeah, know? absolutely. I try. I try to find the most, like, non-easiest way to say things. I make really hard from. I make things really hard for myself, but I think that's what, makes what I do. I don't know what what is what's my special
1: move, you know, my special power.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that that's one thing, you know, and a testament to like your writing is like, I, th- I told you earlier, like that, I like the like deep, deep lyrics, like deep writing that like is, is a little bit smarter than the average listener. In, in my opinion, I, I appreciate that stuff. I like it. I connect more with it. And like I said, one of the biggest lessons I learned learned from you is just because something does rhyme doesn't mean it has to, <laughs> you know, yeah, when you're sure. writing lyrics and, um, like even even one of the songs it's all
0: about your inflection
1: you know yeah even Mm -hmm. one of the songs that i wrote uh, i you know i i i resolved the the melody the one one line ends with uh ensues and the next one um is resolves it with attitudes (laughs) and just the way i wrote it i'm like oh this, this sounds so great but like you look at it on paper and it's like this this looks fucking stupid like this sounds stupid
0: yeah it's, it's, it's really hard sometimes to to be a musician because i feel like a lot of at least a lot of friends that i have we all have imposter syndrome when we think everything we do sucks so i think the best way to go about it is like if you feel that way you're never going to release anything you know you're always going to be scared and and think everybody's going to think it sucks but if you're proud of it and you and you feel like it's cool like do it you know what i mean don't worry about what other people are going to say who fucking cares Fuck yeah, yeah fuck everybody else like yeah to me I, i've had the mentality of like you know i'm gonna write what i like and it just
1: so happens other people like it too that's cool yeah 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 exactly i mean that, that's, you know, like, that was always that was always like my mentality with music and even like you know nick and i feel like that's our attitude with this podcast right we can have you know two listeners or two million listeners but as long as i'm having fun doing it i'm happy and that's all i get, care about Mhm. Exactly. That's the Look, that's the best I've mentality.
2: Had, it is. Uh and that's kinda and he's right. Like that's how we go into each episode is like we're having a blast doing this. Uh we are we were not prepared for the amount of support and people who wanted to do this with us. We were like, Oh, uh crap. All right. Uh we we have people who want to do this. We were terrified that we weren't gonna have enough people even wanna be on the show, right? We were like, All right, we're We're gonna. It's just gonna be end up me being me and Mike talking about stuff. But so we're like we're ecstatic, right? But it like he said, if if two people listen to it or two million people or any number in between, uh, we're happy to be doing this. We're we're having a blast. We hope you're having a blast, right? Like, and that's it. And the I do think the internet in all of its uh, weirdness has at least given people, like you said, people who are terrified to release that song or make a demo or whatever, the internet's given them a place to drop whatever ridiculousness comes out of their head. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's given people that opportunity to make that, take that first step and, you know, for better or worse, like, right, maybe nobody listens to that song. Maybe it takes two years for that song to get discovered. Maybe it, it's a massive hit right off the bat, but I'll give it. I'll give the Internet credit for that, where it's I think people see other people releasing it, and I hope that musicians, uh, artists, anybody who does that stuff, um, I hope it gives them the courage uh, to to do it right, because like you said you work with a lot of people like my stuff sucks yeah it probably doesn't right but it you gotta and what you're feeling like uh something that was said earlier you know um oh, crap i just lost the train of thought uh it, it you do what you want like you do you write how you feel and other people just seem to love it and it's because other people are feeling the same way and they just didn't understand how to put it out there or whatever and Mm -hmm. you said it in a way that they could never have found the words and that's what speaks to them that like beats aside you know music aside in 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 most songs like the lyrics they've always been a thing that I've been like jealous of them. Like I could figure out a beat, like I could play Like, like I could eventually figure out a beat or something like that. But lyrics, like I said, all the lyrics I've ever written for anything, like, like you said, I've written over songs and or made, made ridiculous lyrics to go with songs that don't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, and that I couldn't write a real thing. I probably could if I really wanted to. Um, but it's. I hope it's get, like it's kind of given that pe- those people, the, the courage and that umph that it does to get them to go out there because just do it, man.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't matter how many people watch your video. It only it only takes one person. You know, I was watching something online. I was like Tyler, the creator, and he's like, I go on YouTube all the time and watch people's videos that have ten views. I I found this person who's on my roster. I found this person. They had like ten views in their video. So just because hundreds of people or thousands of people doesn't watch your video, all it takes is one person. Like yeah. same thing for me. Like I run a label right now and I'm always on the internet and, you know, watching bands' videos. And even if they have 10 plays, it doesn't matter. Like it takes one person to watch your video. It takes one yeah, person yeah.
2: to find your band. You just find your you know, band, find your art. If, you, find if your... you're doing
0: this, if you're doing this to make money and you're doing this, like to, to be a star, then you're not in it for the right reasons.
1: You know? Yeah exactly so you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be you know from the heart not be an actor
0: <laughs> be, be an actor or be like a you know do something else you know it's really hard to it's really hard to fake music because yeah. people can people who are real fans of music that aren't just like kind of just mindless pop fans like who care like you say about lyrics and who care about substance and who care about those kind of things because everybody's a different music fan everybody cares about different things like i care about lyrics i care about what music says to me you know, I, I have a little bit, you know, I'm just more jaded, I guess, or I'm old now. And it, you know, I like to, it takes me a while to get into new music, I guess, you know, but I, I, I'm very open-minded and I'm very into new music. Um, but yeah, like it's, you know, don't ever, don't ever fucking like think too much about your art. If you think it's good, unless you're not proud of it, if you're not proud of it, don't put it out. But if you think it's good, don't be worried about what everybody else is going to
2: say. Yeah, Yeah. that's yeah. I've I have a few friends uh who have been in the music who've been trying who who've been doing music for literally almost my the entire time I've known them and they just that's what it is they put out what they love and they do it and they're not they're not out there making millions of dollars but they do it all the time and they love it Mm -hmm. that's what matters. Yeah, because the matter of-
0: some people get to the point where they 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 like get married and they have kids and they can't physically make time to do the music and they can't be in a band anymore, but they have the dreams to do it. You know, you calling me out, um, Steve. You calling me out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there. But there, there comes a time. It's like it, it's kind of like phases when you're a child. Like, you know, there's certain times in your life that you can you're able to do things and enjoy things more than others, and then there's thing you know more. Resp- you get the more responsibility you get the more, the less that you can kind of pursue those personal hobbies that you have, but like, it's, but it's a pendulum, it swings, you know, the more time you spend in that world, it'll come back around. If music is really your passion, it'll never leave. you always have that itch to do something, you know? And like now with technology for it's sure. making it so much easier to be able to record yourself and to be able to make things that are sounding good at home without spending a lot of
2: money. Which yeah, is great. Sure. Yeah for those people who need it springboarding off of that you know did you have uh any other stories you wanted to share at this time steve
0: <sighs>
2: um
0: yeah i can remember i mean i feel like i told all my good blink stories i have a good green day story um let's hear it so we were on tour of green day uh for the american idiot tour which is fucking insane uh you know and um, i think like I saw that twice <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. And the whole tour was insane. Like, you know, like I told you the Billy Joe story uh, story earlier. And Mike Dern, you know, I have a lot of, I have Sharpays and Mike Dern had Sharpays too. So we like, like we hit it off talking about our dogs and stuff, which is really nice. cool. Yeah. And um, anyway, the tour went amazing. Um, and the last show of that tour, they actually did a prank on us too. They fucking filled up. Okay. So they filled up all of our water bottles with vodka Instead of water. And one of the dudes in our band was straight edge and shit. So, like, she spits it out. Yeah. And then we're playing, and they had all their crew with um, super soakers. And they were super soaking us with this water, what I thought was water, but it wasn't. There's every, the whole stage everywhere. And then they, they, they had their fans, and they put all of their confetti, and they turned... Because at the end of the show, they shoot all this crazy confetti in the whole arena. They turned it all oh. around on us, and they fucking... Oh shot all their confetti all over the stage and all over us. So they were like tar and feathering us, I guess. Oh, and Jesus. then like, they're like bunny and all their shit came out and was like pushing us around and like jumping around on the stage. So that was pretty cool. It
2: was really fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure I have some of that American idiot confetti somewhere in my house. Hell yeah. <laughs> so Cause, um, cause go- go I was going to say, it goes back to that weird shit that you hold on to, And it's like, I hold on to that because I took my brother to his first concerts and it was like my brother turned 13 and I told our parents, yes, I'm taking my little, I'm taking my brother to see Green Day. And they're like, well, we're not really sure. But I was like, I don't think you guys heard me correctly. I already have the tickets. It's on his actual like 13th birthday. So I'm taking him. You don't really have a choice in the matter. (laughs) So that was it. It was like, it was his 13th birthday and the kid was at, it was me and him. It was just the two of us. We grabbed some burgers or something on the way and went to the concert. Uh, And then I actually, on the American idiot tour, I had my car break down and had to get a replacement car halfway, like like a third of the way to the concert. Uh, Luckily my stepdad drove his, his car down and we, Hopped in that car and he took the like he waited for AAA to get the other car to get back to the house. Nice. But yeah,
0: so um, at the end of that show, uh we walked off stage and Green Day's tour manager came up to us and said that Green Day wanted us to talk to us in their backstage room. We're like, oh shit, like what's going on?
2: <laughs> I can't hold so, any more confetti.
0: So uh, we, we walk we walk into their dressing room and. They, you know, Billy Joe's like, you know, thank you so much for this tour. It's been amazing. Like getting to know you guys, like you guys killed it every night, yada, yada. We wanted to like present you guys with some with suits. They fucking ta- they got us all tailored suits and they're like, go, go try on your suits and come back to the dressing room. So we all like try We go get on our like get our suits on. We go back to the like, to take a group photo with them at the end of this photo at the end of the shoot before they go on stage you know and and billy joe had his like red tie on and his like makeup and shit fucking yeah, 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 awesome. so like yeah so um we're like taking the photo or whatever and it's the last show of the tour we're all sad and then basically what happened is like billy joe like turns around or like one of the guys in the band turns around and forget and is like hey guys like we don't want this fun to end we're actually going to take you guys on the t- sold out uk europe tour that we're about to do Wow. And we're like, we found out that day we're about to leave for Europe for like two months or what however six to eight (laughs) years. Like that day, you know, on the next tour and it was just crazy. Like, are you serious? Jesus. Like fuck, they bought us suits and then they're telling us they're gonna like take us out for the rest of their world tour like totally surreal. Yeah, totally surreal. So green, you know, some cool story for all you internet folks out here, you know? (laughs)
2: Good guys. I love those things. Like,
0: you know, you like Blink and Green Day. Like those guys are real. Like they're fucking cool dudes, and they, you know, care about people and they care about bands, and they're not just like these rock star that, rock stars that people think they are. You know, I think you know it's really cool that they're all still going strong. And Blink's
2: back. They're gonna have a new record out. I'm stoked.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I'm not gonna lie, I'm, a, really I'm really stoked about, about that. it. I
2: was stoked about their last record too. You know, even, even when Tom was doing Tom things. Mm-hmm. Chasing aliens. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything, I was just doing Tom things, right? It's like nothing, yeah. wrong,
1: nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge There's I'm entire huge shows
2: Shiba. and stuff based around it.
0: Yeah, I'm a huge Matt Skiba fan, so yeah. That's what I'll
2: say Same about that. Same disease.
0: <laughs> that's why I, like when, when i found out he was
2: he was there i was like oh all right like i'm cool with this
0: <laughs> yeah if anybody <laughs> I, I really i really can't picture anybody else taking that spot i feel like he kind of he filled the shoes well respectively.
2: Yeah. you know yes yeah. right i mean i awesome. i haven't i know ne- i actually i have to think if i've actually like seen blink live ever yeah, like I have, have to, to think th- about that. Now to think like, about I've it, been to enough Warp a- Tours. I'm yeah, like, right? they had to, have, like I've had to have seen them. But we like,
0: did Warp Tour in like '98, '99. There's no way, like they didn't play like the, so then, the
2: yeah, I definitely they were didn't too big by them.
0: the time Warp Tour was like going strong. You know? Yeah, that was it.
2: Is I that's you know what I think that's why I kicked my I've been kicking myself is because they went the one I was supposed to go to in '99 was that. That was the one I didn't go to and I kicked myself for it. Uh but I so yeah, I guess I've never yeah, I've never actually seen them live. What's like, kinda crazy Green too Day.
0: Sorry, go ahead, what were you gonna say?
2: I was I was just gonna say I've seen Green Day a bunch and I could list off probably two hundred other bands I've seen live, but Skiba so, seemed like, like you said, Skiba seemed like a good replacement.
0: What Sorry, you were saying no. about Warped Tour made me, made me think of like how old I am too. Like going back into that, I actually, <laughs> I actually attended the first Warped Tour ever in 1997, where it was like oh, wow. Guttermouth and L7 and Sublime, the fucking, oh, I don't shit. know, no use for a name, you know. Oh I can, I, I don't know, face to face. So I went to the first Warped Tour ever. I played. The Warp Tour as a local band, and then was on the Warp Tour as a head, you know, one of the, if there was a headliner, I guess. There was always a, there was always It like was always a on it, you know. Yeah. You know, like we, we there weren't headliners on the Warp Tour, but, you know, it was crazy to go from being a fan, going to the first Warp Tour ever, being a local band, and then being one of the bigger bands on Warp Tour, and then going to the final Warp Tour ever a couple of years ago and, and watching NoFX close it out, you know. It's kind of crazy, yeah. kind of the whole cycle itself. You know what I mean? Seeing the yeah, warped tour yeah. cycle was really cool. Kevin Lyman helped a lot of break a lot of bands.
2: You know, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: he did some good work with that. That was so, warped was always. It was always good a good
2: though. time. It was always yeah. a good time. I mean, there was there even, was
1: one um, there was one warped I went to that like a hurricane hit right when we were there. Shit, so like Houston, pretty Houston much, every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Shit uh and it was it sucked because like you you know warped tour was dirt cheap right you get to see so many bands for like 30 bucks or whatever it was you know and um which is good but like you know for for us up here like i had to travel like an hour to an hour and a half to get to the venue to see them and everything and yeah the hurricane hit so they were like all right every band's playing one song (laughs) that's that was was every hurricane in
0: boston was it Boston yeah
1: yeah yeah and um yeah, so, and every band played one song, and I was at one song, That's get wonderful. off the stage, one wonderful. song, get off the stage. And yeah, I feel bad for the bands, too, that play. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's it's a lot of work for you know, not a lot. Yeah, it's better. a lot of yeah, setup
2: yeah. and yeah. not a lot of payout. For I sure. think the worst so one year they decided to have Warped Tour appear Warp here in the parking lot of a stadium. So 75% of where the bands were playing was tar. (laughs) Oh, that's normal. That's normal.
0: Just imagine the same thing happening in Las Vegas at like 110 degrees and it's on the asphalt.
2: Yeah, it's normal. Oh, that sounds horrible. Cause every other year they did it in like a field or a venue that had like a massive grass. So like we were used to that. And then like that one year it was like 35% tar and we were like, so what do we like? Everybody was like, do we still mosh to this? Like, (laughs) yeah. Like, uh, like this is a whole different level. Like we're not used yeah. to it because we we live in the woods of everywhere. <laughs> like there's grass and uh, I don't know. Every, stuff everywhere.
1: Every every time I went to warp tour, it was it was always at like the Xfinity Center in Mansfield Mass. And that's right.
2: all on pavement.
1: That was all on pavement. Really? Isn't wasn't that yeah. the
0: amphitheater where bands were all playing the amphitheater and you just walk around and stuff? Well, yeah, the bigger the bigger bands were there. The State Champs video is them at that venue. I think that one of their one of their first videos is them playing War oh, Tour. Oh shit, really? At that place, yeah.
2: Nice. I like State Champs. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Xfinity Center or whatever it is now. I don't know. I know there there was like one. There was one big stage that was like covered, right? Like that's the, the, one we're the yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then there's, there's the, end, the other that stage. was.
0: Wasn't the 25 year warp tour in Boston too? Wasn't there like a 25 year warp tour show in Boston? I'm pretty sure
2: it
0: was just one show. I think so.
2: I'll be be honest, like that's one of the things I've missed. Like over the past probably you say 10 or 15 years, I have gone to like zero concerts. Uh, so all of my concert stuff was like I was younger and I got my ass kicked a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, I'm a bigger dude, so it was easy for me because I could just plow my way through people. I'm like, yeah, you're. You're slightly smaller than me. Move. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> get up to the front of the stage. Uh,
1: it's been a couple years for me too, which sucks. It was I, I would say the early November. <laughs> I just saw, ba- I saw I just
0: saw Balance of Composure in, in uh, LA a couple days ago. That was amazing. Nice. Um, you we're gonna see some good shows. I saw the cure at the Hollywood Bowl, that
2: was really cool. Oh yeah. My buddy I went to go see them in New York. I love the cure. Madison Square Garden. Did yeah, I think so. Yeah. so. I had to think about that. I was like, where did he send me photos from? <laughs> <clears throat> um,
1: my, a couple, couple years ago, my wife did surprise me with tickets to see uh, Hall & Oates. That was pretty good. Hell yeah. I'm
0: um, going to go yeah. see uh, Death Cab and Postal
2: Service in October. That'll be cool. Nice. I think I saw that concert like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they do are yeah. doing, doing it, the anniversary of the
2: of the record of the only record they put out. That oh, I'll so be great. honest, the postal Sur- that record was something I wasn't expecting. Oh yeah. It's I love it. It's a classic record. It's a classic record. It oh. is. The fact that it's a classic record now still scares the crap. <laughs> I'm like, how song. old is that thing?
0: I can't remember the name of the record, but I remember the district steeps home tonight. That's whatever the name of the song is. What's the name of the record though? Huh. Now I'm I do I just blanked.
2: I, I forget know. the name. It's all good. <laughs> Fake
0: fan. Blanked.
2: <laughs> look, I've got a lot of data. Now I have to fucking. Stupid, <laughs> now I have to look. I've got a lot of stupid crap in my brain. Don't maybe. I. I'm gonna be like, yep, that was definitely it. Part of me wants to say it was self. Oh, it's,
0: it's give up. Okay, that's because it seems oh, so yeah.
2: simple. See, it's
0: just I didn't really
2: give up. Okay, I thought it was too, something too like
0: simple. way more complicated than that. I
2: totally. thought it would. I thought it was self-titled, but now you're like give up, and I'm like, oh yeah, nope, it's that's right. I up. can picture it on the. I never would have
0: guessed that it was called Give Up either. I, that was nowhere in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah.
2: well, that it's, sounds it's like I mean things. that. Like I said, I'm pretty sure I've been to that concert before
0: uh no they did yeah. they, they tour I saw it in San Luis Obispo that same tour
1: Postal service and uh, death Cab so, yeah
2: let me cool no.
1: yeah so, yeah but, yeah that sounds like it's gonna be fun but been fun. Uh, <laughs> but yeah um, Steve we have monopolized so much of your time tonight so appreciate it of course why don't you uh I let everyone that. know what you got going on and where they can find you? okay
0: so um besides the fact that i've been producing and mixing and engineering for the past like 10 years um i actually just started a new record label to put out bands that i've believe in and work you know work with i don't actually have to like produce them to put it out because i'll put out anything um but right now uh the first signing to the label is a band called imbalance oh the label's called happy Honey records by the way here i'll show a little sticker
2: the there we there.
0: go
1: nice
0: yeah and the first band that we signed is a band from bakersfield They're called imbalance and um the record comes out august 11th and it's called elements and there's seven songs on it for fans of story so far no pressure rise against a day to remember i guess i hate saying that kind of stuff nice. but
1: <laughs>
0: you know it gets it gets people kind of interested in it um yeah, so I mean, Record Label singles out uh, August 11th. And, you know, um, yeah, I'm excited to start the label. Uh, we're doing everything in-house. Me and my friend Casey, like I'm, you know, directing videos. He's he's shooting all the videos and editing it. Um, my friend Ben did the website. Uh, my friend Ashley's doing, like, all the artist promotions. Like, kind of just doing it all DIY. Is that happyhaunting.com? Happyhauntingrecords.com. And then Instagram slash happy hunting records. And then the, the bands in uh, in balance CA
2: on all the socials.
1: And
2: that folks brings us to the end. Thank you for tuning into your Childhood's trash. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you liked the topic and it brought back some memories, hit the like button and comment, letting us know. Don't forget to connect with us on all the socials and check ycwcast.com for any new ventures. See you on the next episode. Same trash time. Same Trash Channel. Oh, shit. Here we go. (laughs) Oh, my God. That thing's gorgeous.